1: Hey everyone, welcome. What a great show we've got planned for you. Michelle Magner is joining me here today and I wanna say something about this. Uh, I could not have met Michelle any sooner in life. I never thought that I would be put in a position where her message would have been so powerful, so helpful and life-saving to me. And today we're gonna talk about the checked out caregiver. Now I know what this means firsthand, Because I'll tell you, I was almost there in a lot of ways. But this is what Michelle does. This is a body of work. She's an expert in this field. And we've done a number of shows on this. She is out there helping people just the way I needed help here in a situation I never thought I'd be in. Taking care of somebody that my best friend in a situation I had no way to predict. Michelle, thank you so much for being here. Checked out. I mean, like, right? That's like an understatement. And it happens so subtly sometimes, right? Tell us what
2: we mean by that. By checked out, what I mean is not engaged in your day-to-day life and the caregiving process. And I would like to preface, Dr. Pat, with there are stages and phases. We're just in a crisis. We are in an emergency And so it feels like we're emotionally and physically checked out because we are in survival mode. We are in that fight, flight, freeze. So that's not what I'm referring to with like the long haul big picture of being checked out. Um, We'll talk, we'll get more into that, but I just want to give everybody That preface with give yourself a little grace if you're currently in a situation that is a crisis because we're just doing the best we can. We're surviving right now.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about what that means. And especially for people that may not, that may not recognize it, because I think it's one thing when you talk about it, but there are signs, there are things that people can recognize. And there are different situations that, you know, that happen patterns. If you, if you want to look at them this way, let's talk about what those are because if you can't at least stop and say, Oh my goodness, I am in one of those little patterns right there. Mm -hmm. Uh, it could be almost too late.
2: Yeah, I think this is when we are moving into an autopilot throughout our day and we're really just focused on getting through that day versus having things to look forward to coming up in the future. These are things when you start to realize that you are not doing some of your healthy habits that you have done in the past, like drinking enough water, moving your body, going for a walk. These are these little tiny signs that you are moving into this checked out autopilot phase. So, definitely anything around your health and well being, um, anything where you are finding you're in auto response to the person that you're taking care of, that could mean that you're getting a little checked out. If you're not actually dialing into them, and what's happening with them and their health.
1: You know, I just had that experience um, where, I I, I mean, when you're in that role, there are so many things that you're looking at, so many things you're juggling. But what I've learned thanks to you is I've learned to look at the nuances, the things that are different. And one of the things you said, I wanna go back to for a minute. It is, it is one of these things where autopilot, let me just give you, autopilot is that you have forgotten that you can actually cook healthy food and mm-hmm. autopilot is you don't do it and you're just right through the drive, you go through the drive-through and before you know it, it's not once in a while, it's every day, right? I mean, these are some of the things, you mentioned not walking, but if we know that we're doing it, we can hit the pause button, right?
2: Right, absolutely. It's when you start to feel like there's no choice or options. That's a definite signal that you're moving into autopilot. Like, well, this is just how it is. This is just the cards I've been dealt, the circumstances that we're in. That can definitely slide us into an autopilot mode versus really, like you said, paying attention to the nuances of how are you thinking, feeling, responding, and what the person that you're caring for, like what experience are they having? Because oftentimes what I've seen with families, the caregiver gets checked out. And then what happens is, is the person that we're caring for actually is declining. Yes. but The caregiver is so checked out because we're so focused in this autopilot mode that we're not even dialed in that maybe they're sleeping more throughout the day um, or that they're going to the bathroom more throughout the day. Like, There could be things that are happening with your family member, your loved one, whoever you're caring for, that could be little signals that actually the caregiver is kind of checked out.
1: Yeah, totally happened. I mean, you know, the sign that I had on May 19th to go from a talk in Chicago right to New Jersey was because I picked up on some of that. Not, not from mm-hmm. my best friend, who literally couldn't talk, but from the caregiver at the time. You know, there were just these things that weren't being noticed. And even when I got on, got off the plane, and both of them were in the car, I looked, I looked at, at one of them, and I said, "Later, I said, couldn't you see her like this? Do, do you know what I mean?" And and you yeah. described, no, because the burden, whatever it is, gets so big that you do check out, you do find a way to check out. This is something that's so important. Isn't it also critical to maybe make sure that you're having other people do some observation here to see what's going on? What do you think?
2: I I, I love this in theory and concept, and I do think it's important. <laughs> what I feel like I hear constantly from people is there is no one else. Like, that's right. I'm in That's this right. Alone right? I'm the only one. Nobody else is participating. That's true. I I do think, I just got chills. I do think something is with the person who is that primary caregiver. We also have to be open to who those people are that might be willing to help, but maybe we have shut them out. And who those people are that maybe would be giving us feedback that there's a problem, but we're not really dialed in and tuned in and paying attention to what whoever those people are may have to say. Like maybe it is someone that you regularly see um, in a spiritual setting or a healthcare setting or whatever those places are where you are engaging with other people. Let's be open to who might be giving us feedback that we have not previously been paying attention to.
1: Yeah, you're so right. I mean, after I said that, I thought, yeah, there really wasn't anybody. And even the people that were there really didn't want to be really that involved. I mean, that's another, that's another story. But when you find yourself in the middle of that as a caregiver, and by the way, you know, this person's health was not good itself, right? Right. Um, It's so great for me to come in Monday morning quarterback, but coming in, I had fresh eyes. I want to ask you this question because autopilot is great, but there's something that you talk about, about unhealth and also this term buffering. Now we've Mm -hmm. talked about it before, but I really think it's worth explaining to people what that
2: means. I heard that term first from Brooke Castillo, and she uses that term in a way that I totally identify with. And it is doing anything in your life to avoid feeling certain feelings or to be ignoring a situation. So for me, buffering was very easy to do with wine. It's a very friendly, socially acceptable um, way to celebrate things, but also to not think about things and ease our stress and um, make ourselves feel better. Really, it's just to avoid feeling a whole bunch of feelings uh, that we really don't want to feel. Yeah, uh, boy, you said it. And you know,
1: it it starts out very interestingly, right? I'm just going to have a glass of wine, and then you're having a glass of wine at ten in the morning. But yeah. it does start that out because it really does talk to the fact that you're carrying an enormous burden as a caregiver. Let's let's talk to that for a minute. Uh, for for those of us that didn't have to have the experience, and then we did. We now I now know what this feels like. I now know what I now know what it feels like to the point where I'm making decisions now to make sure my best friend is not left alone for three weeks while her sister is gone. I'm so aware of this. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you ask the person who is better than they were, they're just good. They're all good. Everything's good. We're good.
2: Right. And when we're buffering, when we're checked out, these are the types of things that we're not able to track or pay attention to or the problems that we can see now more clearly that uh, need to be solved. So it's so wise of you because especially when someone has had a rebound of some sort and they're starting to feel more themselves, um, they're Feeling better, they're getting out a little bit more. It can just be very easy to go back into the old patterns and ways. Yeah. But the problem with that is you will quickly get back on that downhill trajectory and slide. Yeah. Um, for me, you know, the wine, the drinking, the buffering was because it was so scary and it was painful. And it's very hard to see someone that you care so deeply about decline and no longer be themselves. And as I mentioned, it's just, it's a socially acceptable, encouraged hobby and habit. And when I was drinking more, I found I was unable to really show up how I wanted to for these people that I cared a lot about.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. So let's talk about this for those of you that are out there saying, well, I don't drink. Okay. Let me give you something else. Cause this is right along here. You know, how did you check out and buffer? We're talking about that, but you know, we all know this, especially during the past three years, alcohol consumption, online purchases, 750% increase. So wow. we all know that there was a lot of this going on for a lot of great, you know, reasons, but there's also other ways. So I'm going to give you my little buffering. If true confessions are about this show. Yeah. Um, What I found is at the end of the night, everybody's in bed. We're all cool, monitoring the breathing, the whole business. I had to turn on my little tablet and decompress in my own way. Now, I'm not saying you don't do that, but when one hour turns into three and four and it's three o'clock in the morning, that's buffering.
2: Right. (laughs) That's a problem. When you turn on Netflix (laughs) and go through the entire series in one night, now we're buffering, right? Yeah. Um. The the ice cream. The I mean, you can go through a list of of different ways, and people know what it is for them. Maybe it's the thirty two ounce pop soda pop that they're drinking four times a day. You know, whatever those little things are that you are seeking just to get those pleasure hits pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. That's just where you wanna be curious and have your radar up because those are your areas of opportunity to start to tune in and get refocused, check back in on yourself and the person that you're caring for.
1: Now, before we go further here, uh, this is something, this is your passion, your purpose, body of work you do, you help people all over the world. How do people find out how to work with you, how to get help, how to get information, because had I not met you I would not be as aware to even notice this I mean I would probably would have not made the decision to come back to Seattle and made the decision that I am going back I probably wouldn't have made that decision Hmm. Um, but how do people learn this what do you do to help people and how do they how do they find you
2: I have a website, michellemagner.com. There's only one Ellen Michelle, so it's a little tricky, michellemagner.com. My podcast is called Inspired Caring. It's really about infusing inspiration, mindset techniques and tools, interviews with experts around family caregiving that uh, is on all the major platforms. I'm on social media sites, either under Inspired Caring or Michelle Magner. And I do almost all my work virtually. So I'm a content creator. I have created a class called Illuminating Senior Living, and that is launching this Friday. Uh And it's all the ins and outs and every question, low level hanging question that you would have about senior living that is answered in this video series. And people can go to my website to learn more.
1: And I want to say this is so important. I mean, those of you listening, you may be thinking I'm not in that situation, but I might be sometime. Uh, or I have a friend or a family or a cousin. This is the time to share this because I don't, I didn't know what I didn't know until I was smack in the middle of it. May 19th of this year, right mm-hmm. there in the middle of it situation. I didn't know if my best friend would take another breath of air the next morning. You know, I listened for every breath that night and my life changed. And had, Michelle, I not been, I had met you, I had not been able to listen to your shows. Had I not done that, or even the shows you're doing with me, these things would not be in my awareness or my consciousness. I mean, even to the point, Michelle, where I now know that I've been back here for three days and I know my best friend is not drinking water and I, I right? Nothing I'm going to be able to do except bug her sister to say, you got to get her to drink the water. Right. But these are things that we've talked about before. The other part of this, though, is we have to take care of ourselves as caregivers. Let's talk about that for a minute.
2: Yeah. So that is part of the the checking out versus checking in. Our own health care and self care is absolutely critically important because, had you fully dove into your best friend's pool, you would have gone down with that ship. If you were not feeding yourself and fueling yourself, you would have also been in a precarious health situation. So, I know it feels so hard. It's so, uh, you know, stereotypical put your oxygen mask on first, but you really need to do that. And I would like to invite people to consider what does that really look like for them? Because we talk about massages, we talk about acupuncture, you know, we definitely talk about meditation and grounding, earthing, things like that. But I would like to submit that peeing is self-care. I don't know how many women I know that are holding it because they're like, I'm just gonna send this one email or make that one call, or I'm just gonna go, you know, get the sheets back on the bed. Like it's literally something as simple as that, as a self-care practice that you have to have in place so that you don't go down with them. Yeah. You know,
1: sometimes, and I believe a lot of times, this is a difficult role to have. The most difficult part of this role where I think buffering can kick in is the part where you know what, as the caregiver, you know what the person you're caring for should do, should eat, to drink, to, the pills, the whole, whatever the, the deal is. You know, the doctor's appointments. And you have to step in and take that role. But I think the hardest part that leads to what I believe we're talking about is buffering, is when there are things that you cannot get that person to do it is out of your control no matter how many times you put the bottle of water in front of them they're still there 12 hours later and mm-hmm. that takes its toll and i do believe that's where we check out that is that is a trigger to check out it's like oh my gosh
2: i'm helpless here yeah yeah 95. I mean, what I'm doing is working with the people who are in this role of being a caregiver. Uh, You know, I'm not teaching them how to make someone do something. That's just not how this works. Like 95% of what we are discussing is around them and their own mindset and health and how we're going to take care of them. I can provide tools and resources and thoughts and ideas because I've been a family caregiver for over 20 years. I took care of both of my grandmothers. I handled everything. I helped my in-laws. My mother-in-law was living with dementia. My father-in-law had terminal cancer. Everybody has passed away. But because I have that insight and experience, I can really give thought provoking questions about things to consider when you're doing this. But the other bigger piece is exactly what you just said, Dr. Pat. It's managing our thoughts and expectations. It's knowing our core values, adding in boundaries. Some of them are hardcore. We're sticking to them. And some of them are temporary, right? We're just going to sprinkle them in. All of that is what equals self-care. That is the formula.
1: Now, look, I know we have a few minutes left, but this is like the most important part because I found myself, you know, mindfulness, awareness, there are things that I do, meditation, there are things that I do, but there's something that we also have to manage and that's our emotions. You know, there are things that will show up at any point in the day. It doesn't matter. It could be a doctor that says something, It, it doesn't matter, but we are not aware that our emotions have to be managed. And I think if there was one takeaway from this, boy... It's get yourself an emo- emotion barometer and just check in about what's going on.
2: Absolutely, because that's why we buffer, right? Because we don't want to feel these emotions because they're uncomfortable. And what I would like to invite people to think about is if you figure out, which that formula is how we do it, uh, managing um, emotions um, and your thoughts and the values, boundaries, all of that. If you can figure out those things, your triggers are going to like plummet. They're going to, we don't have to numb out and check out and buffer. We, those things are going to be managed so that you are not as triggered as often. And it's just such a magical, beautiful thing. I'll tell you, the one thing is those values hone in on your core values. And I can teach people how to do that. And that is the, the key to the city for not checking out and buffering.
1: Yeah. And the reason I love that we're talking about this, because when you're in this role, like I was, you have to make some critical decisions. You may be the decision maker, you may not, but you have to really be of clear mind to be able to take in the options. I mean, this is, this is, I think, also one of the other hardest parts about when do you make a decision? You know, when do you call 911? When do you do that? And, you know, situation with um, my best friend's sister, who was the caregiver, it took its toll on her. Mm -hmm. You know, her AFib kicked into gear. The doctor told her to take additional medicine that she had never tried before. We ended up in the emergency with her. I mean, these are the kinds of things that happen if we're all not more aware. Now, there was nothing I could do to help her by the time I got there. It was a situation. But mm-hmm. after I got there, I made sure that all of us were doing some things that were play dominoes. I don't, I don't know what it is you do. But I wouldn't have been able to do that had right. I not been aware of your work and what you do. Michelle, I, I want to make sure that everybody understands this. This is not a comfortable thing we do. Right. The little doggy brought me little comfort, little Sadie, the little dog, a little dog brought Linda comfort. But in general, it may tax layers of us that probably have been dormant for years, don't you think?
2: Absolutely. And not, you know, we have to remember that it's not a perfect best case scenario that was happening before the caregiving role began. Oftentimes, there's the big T's, the little T's of trauma that have been experienced with the person that we're trying to care for. And so all of that can resurface when we're now put in a position that we have to be the person to take care of them. I really wanna highlight that you mentioned that the sister went to the doctor, like do not ignore your healthcare. Healthcare is self-care. It's so important that we have certain, you know, medical professionals that are in the loop on our team to take care of us as well. But yes, it is. It's so complicated and nuanced and tricky. And it's temporary. It really is. It can be days, months, it could be years. The chapter has closed for me 20 years for people. Mm. So it is temporary, there is hope and there are resources.
1: Yeah. And you know, thank you for doing this. Because first of all, It is, you know, it is a mindful level of awareness we all need to have. But if you don't even know what to be mindfully aware of, and that's what you've done to help me, some things I would have never picked up on about myself, you know, buffering in the middle of the night till five in the morning, right? You know, making sure you're, you you know, not obsessing on your best friend who's right next to you, whether she's breathing or not. I mean, taking care of yourself. But thanks to you, while I was doing all this, I did go play ping pong.
0: That's so good.
1: I know it was so, I mean, so absolutely good. Michelle, personal message. What do you want to leave us with? And again, please give people, uh, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have gone. I would not have gone. I would have felt so guilty about going. Mm -hmm. I, I really would have. I don't know. I think it was a couple of shows we did that helped me get over that. But these are the things that if we don't do them, we crash and burn equally fast, I think. What's your personal message? And please give us your website again.
2: My personal message is you can do this. There are people that are available to help you. It's really about identifying yourself in this role. Understand that they cannot do it if you, if they can't continue, if you are not taking care of yourself, and that absolutely your priority, guilt free, shame free, we can manage these emotions. And my website is michellemagner.com. One L and Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. Personal message, what do you want
1: to leave us with?
2: I just, I feel like there are 65 million people in this country at least who find themselves in this space and you are not alone. You are not alone. This is very isolating. Our world shrink as care needs increase. And so I really encourage you, look to your local area Office on Aging for some local resources, and then I am always here for you virtually.
1: Thank you so much. And for those of you out there, um, those of us that had not had to step into this role, but have recently, and that's my situation, just want you to know, it's like Michelle said, you can do some things that will literally help you rise up, be stronger understand how to help all around you, but most importantly, yourself. Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. We'll see you next time. everyone, Dr. Pat here, host of the Dr. Pat Show. For about 20 years, you've heard me talk about silver and the importance of silver. I've been looking upside down and sideways to find silver that was the highest quality, and I think I've found it. No, actually, I know I found it. I discovered this in my own healing journey, and that's what we used for me. Emio Life has the most advanced silver available today. All things that harm our health is what it takes care of. Now, I thought I'd seen it all because I've been on this journey for 20 years with Silver, but I've not quite found anything like Amiolife. The folks and our friends at Life have put together a special discount for your first purchase of 20% off. Amiolife.com. A-M-E-O-life.com. Remember to give them a call. Tell them Dr. Pat sent you at 1 800 422 8148. I've already sent it to my naturopath.
3: Do you have long term depression or anxiety? With the right tools, you can fully recover from the long term effects of childhood trauma. Kimberly Beekman at Inner Alignment offers level one inner healing, coach certification, and soul retrieval healer certification. With this revolutionary neuroscience approach, you can experience profound shifts in only two months. To learn more about these offers and programs, visit KimberlyBeekman.com.
1: What makes a coach irresistible, extraordinary, and successful? The Coaching Academy has graduated hundreds of students who have built the most fulfilling coaching businesses.
3: That's because the Spiritual Life Coaching Certification, based on the proven formula, Rewire Your Brain for Success, is an innovative program designed to equip you with the knowledge and skills to support you in your journey of becoming an elite league coach. Inquire today by visiting coachingacademy.net.
0: Are you living through any painful family relationships? Do you feel like you are frequently stuck in the past or can't sleep at night because of painful family memories? Rose Salkova is an energy life coach, and she's here to show you firsthand that your life doesn't need to be that way. She will guide you on how to take responsibility for your own energy and help you create a meaningful life for yourself. To find out more or schedule a session with Rose, visit familyhealingwithrose.com.
2: What does it feel like to be tangled up in knots? Find out how to get untangled on the hit show, Untangled and Free with Joan on TransformationTalkRadio.com. We all have knots and tangles, knots in your finances, your relationships, your beliefs. Which one do you want to pick up today and untangle? As Joan guides you on a pathway of freedom to live an untangled life of peace, love, joy, abundance, and more. Visit MindfulnessWithJoan.com and get untangled today.
0: At the Centerpiece Foundation, Dr. Ellie Arabian can help you make the most of your time here on Earth. As a third-generation healer with a doctorate degree in psychology, Dr. Ellie helps you resolve conflict that begins within the self and extends out into the world. No matter your spiritual background and cultural heritage, you can learn to heal past traumas and listen to your inner voice. Are you ready to feel empowered to live more peacefully during our time of social unrest? For more information, visit centeronpeace.com. Welcome to Family Healing with Rose and Dr. Pat. Are you struggling with painful, exhausting family relationships? Those relationships are in the heart of Rose's practice, and she believes they are the key ingredient in the recovery to our well-being. During the show, Rose will teach you how to take ownership and responsibility for your energy that comes to you as well as what you send out. What if your family is not the one you would have wished for? During this show, Rose and Dr. Pat will help you understand how to set boundaries, get long-deserved relief, achieve peace of mind, and even reconcile. Get ready to explore your possibilities coming from hardship to shining again. Family healing with Rose starts now.
1: Everyone, welcome. This show is about emotions. Rose, thank you so much for taking this topic on, emotions. Let's talk about this because you know there 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 are terms that come and go. There are words we use, uh, but I think that when we're talking about emotions, I think it's one of the most important things to understand and the least understood. What do you think? Yes,
3: you're right. Hey, hello, Dr. Pat, and hello everybody. Yeah, emotions. Um, we've been we've been uh, handling them in all kinds of ways over the over the millennia, right? From discipline to to culture, good behavior, religion, and all the way to emotional intelligence or ethics. But most of all, I think we judge. We judge ourselves and we judge others how they deal with their emotions. At the same time, we are supposed to express them. Because if we don't, if we keep them inside, we know we get sick, right? Yeah. So... We do our best, but then we are triggered and <laughs> boom, eh? Um, yeah. We we lose it. Sometimes I ask who is the boss: the emotions or us? But let's 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 look. Let's get to it and let's look at emotions from ener- what happens on energetic level. Okay. One kind of emotions is will be my emotions that will be attached to an event, something that happened in my life or around me. I witnessed maybe to my friend or maybe it's on the news. I see it on the news. So how to process, how do I process those? Um, speak with somebody or work by myself. But if I speak with somebody, it's going to be somebody who doesn't, who's not going to judge, who's not going to diminish diminish feelings, but who's also not going to blow them out of proportion and feed that, feed that heaviness. But also, I have to be able to express without censoring myself, right, and without trying to be politically correct or whatnot. Then um, heal, let go, and so forth. Yeah. But in family setting, right? Because in the core of what I do are families. I also look at the family dynamics. I question why is this happening? What are we learning? And then once everything is learned and understood, that's only when, when I proceed to the healing, to the letting go. Because in family, there is a different, right? There is a, the, the, the missions are different. The reality, energetic reality is there or spiritual reality is different. So that next time when I get in a same situation, I don't get triggered and I don't lose it. That's that. Then a second kind of emotions that I work with, that, that's emotions that are going to be stuck, whether it's the core early childhood, genetic, inherited, or histories and society, or the soul level. Now these emotions are again ours. More often than not, we are not even aware of them. We don't even know we have them, but still they are ours and they drive us. Um, Healing will be the same, like I just mentioned. But there are also, and recently that became um, my pet peeve project, free flo- I call them free-floating emotions. These are all kinds of emotions that are all around us, uh, but they all have one thing in common. They are not mine. However, I can pick them up. I feel them. I even have events going on in my life that support all this, justify them,
1: but they are not mine. Yeah. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Many studies have been done on a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it's a perfect example, Rose, of what you're talking about is here we are, we're an individual. And yet we're not alone We're you know, we, we are individual people, but we're not alone on any given day. There could be so many emotions that we step into, right. That are not ours. Uh, especially if you're working a job and you go into the workplace, family, children, um, money, you name it. That is a unique distinction, isn't it to me? Because we're still impacted by that,
3: we are still affected. We feel it, and we think it's ours. Um. There's a saying that emotions are contagious, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> you 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 know yeah you, you enter in a happy room and you become happy, or the yep. opposite. Somebody comes in and is angry, and the room goes down. So. I mean, I'm just saying this for those that may think like, oh, what are they talking about? But um, emotions are widely emitted. We are doing it all the time. And at the same time we are receiving them. But here is the thing. It's, it's, It's not only people that originate emotions. It's animals, plants, viruses, bacteria, fungus or spirits. They too emit emotions. And we, feel, we pick them up and we feel them just like our own. For example, when we are sick, it's more common than we think to feel the emotions of the bacteria and viruses, especially if they are dying off. They are sad, they are losing vitality, they are dying. And we pick these emotions as our own. Yes, we are also tired and sick and, and, and we have the, the this physical challenge. But that's not all that is at uh, at play. In one of the episodes, we also spoke about emo- about addictions and how the energy of addiction. When whenever we use, whenever we use a drug, we connect to this energy. But it's not just that; we also connect and feel the emotions of this energy. So, it's like you said. Uh, at some life situations we are more exposed than others or jobs and who is the most at risk to to pick up emotions of others? Mm -hmm. That would be people that, um, let's say, work in healthcare, um, work with troubled people, teachers, End of life support, children, because children are very kind and very susceptible to pick up emotions, okay? So what to do, you know, when with with all these emotions, what what to do with them? Like we have them, we feel them, they are not even ours. So when I work on emotions, um, well, first of all, when do I need to act on an, an emotion? When or how to know, oops, I have a problem. Well, the red flag are triggers. Does something really bother you or is something repeatedly coming up? Look into that. First, find out if this emotion is yours or not in the first, right? Because just because I feel something, it doesn't make it mine. How? My favorite. Muscle testing.
1: (laughs) Exactly, though. (laughs) Okay. It's this easy. It's so important to emphasize this, Rose, though, because when people watch you or demonstrate this, there is an obvious thing that happens. And in, in layperson's term, a weakness. No matter how hard you try, right? You just try to hold, you just try so hard, so hard, you cannot because there's something energetically that is so overpowering. About that emotion that you're referring to, really, there you have to use a different approach. I mean, I under, I completely understand what you're
3: saying because I've I've been there. I have been there for many, many, many years. So, um, okay, how to muscle test if an emotion is mine or not? As far as I remember, I used to be sad. Like, oh, life gives us also plenty of justifications, right? But. One day I go like, okay, let's muscle test. And I ask, is this sadness mine? No. What? At this point, we don't go level by level because this emotion is not even mine. So we are going to look for, where did I get it? When did I get it? When did I pick it up? Okay, so I can muscle test age. Did I pick this sadness before the age of 40? Did I pick this sadness before the age of five? And so forth. Until we hit the one number, the age. Or even before I was born in the womb. And we can also find out from whom we picked it up. Look, we pick it up from family members at work, bacteria, viruses, or spirits. We also pick it up from complete strangers. Now, there are also people that who have a life's mission in this incarnation to help clearing emotions of others or the planet. But no matter who, how, when, where, we should not keep them. We should Process them, sometimes transform them and let them go. In general, we have to let them go and send them to a place where they need to go for further transformation, right? Yes. It's just let them go. It's like a sliver in the finger. You take it out, it's not yours. The moment you take it out, relief. That's exactly how it feels if you release emotions that are not yours.
1: Yeah, I want to ask you this question, Rose. I mean, I know we've got a lot to talk about today, but this is so important. We don't have a full concept of how emotions, how powerful emotions are in either helping us move forward us or stopping us in our tracks. And let's talk about that now because they're powerful, they're powerful energies. And I think the first part of this to be aware. One of the things that you do and talk about. Let's talk about it now. Family trauma from generation to generation. This is reality. And with those trauma, it wide a wider rate of emotions, right?
3: Oh, yes. And most of them, well, in the family trauma, none of them are uh, beneficial for us. Not for us. Uh, not for our children. Not... Not for our ancestors. I mean, it's all anger, hate, sadness, despair, shame, keeping secrets deep inside. It's fear. I mean, many of us who, especially those who live through difficult, violent childhood, many, many live in constant fear, right? They they must, they have to over control their environment. And then others, they never managed to get out of that. They continue. We pass on. Eventually, if, if stress and emotions are not handled, they develop diseases. And then we pass on these diseases to each other. That, Right? Uh, from generation to generation. And I mean, it's I never knew this existed. I found out five years ago, and the the world that I discovered that opened up, it's it's still it's stupefying for me. that I guess that's the only word that I can say honestly because it's completely against everything that I have seen, believed, understood, or studied. It's, I mean, how can you in your right mind tell somebody, you know, well, you chose this family, you know? Um, You chose to be born here or you chose to be born during a war. And it's... You know, we, we usually don't say things like that to each other but then when we look when we continue and we look on the energy you know in the energy world then there are answers to everything and then we understand and then we can start healing and we can start releasing and we freeing ourselves and our family and and our children and our ancestors i mean it's I still don't know how to speak about it on a in, in more general way because it's so unique to every, every situation, to every individual. But, um,
1: um at the same time, we only have half an hour. <laughs> well, but part of this is really understanding that the body of work that you do is, is a body of work that customizes it uh, to meet the pe- the person, their family, Uh, generation to generation, what they're going through now, what the situations are. And and that's why we're talking in this way. Um, It would be so much easier if you had an emotion and you could pull something off the shelf and say, "Uh, for this emotion, do this, right? But there's so many different layers of this when you're talking about family and family constellations. There's so many layers of this that, first of all, as an individual, you cannot see it. It is so hard to see it because you bring so many judgments to the table about it. And, you know, aren't you talking about getting to the root of the emotion? Not just the surface level. Aren't you talking about that? Yeah.
3: Exactly. Once we once we get to the root, then we can unravel everything. And family like it or not family is really in the core of our of our being and there is again a reason for that but uh, eventually <laughs> eventually I put all my thoughts in a book and... There I describe, I mean, the title of the book is Hope for Family Healing. And the subtitle is Break Free, Healing Generations by Transforming Your Family Trauma and Rediscovering Joy. Yeah. And and there I show examples It's how family trauma is passed from generation to generation. And there are flags that if as a reader, reader can, oh wait, do does that this happen? Is this being going on in my family? okay? So it's how it's passed, what it does to us, to the future generations, but also what it does to ancestors mm-hmm. how why it is so hard to change. But then at the same time, how we can change it after all. And we, in spite of everything, we can change it. So
1: I'm showing exercises how to change it. Right. And when, how do people get the, tell people about the book and also how they can find out more about you. Let's make sure folks know, you know, that this is going to be coming available or available to them. And what do they need to know to make sure that they get their copy? Um.
3: The estimated launch is for December. December 18th is my dream date. Okay. But I will be keeping post uh, updates on my website because it's still in the final stages of editing. Yes. So um, on my website, familyhealingwithdraws.com the book will be available uh, on Amazon. And... My lights went off, so I'm going to be a little dark. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> the target audience is men and women over fifty that lived through family trauma and have and are look still looking for options. They have a repeated family history where generation after generation go through the same trauma, whether it's physical, uh, behavioral, emotional, mental, okay? Something's going on and it's keeping repeated. But like they do not want to be stuck in that past anymore. They do not want their children be stuck with them in that past either. So that's who the book is for. And I hope that the readers will see that, will see how through helping themselves they can become heroes in their family. They'll be the one that's going to stand up and going to yeah. say, you know what? I've had enough. I'm going to do something about this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So. The other thing, Rose, is it's very clear. All of us know this, but you help people for in, in this way in the book. I'm excited about the book because it, it I, it's hard. It's hard to change, especially when we're talking about family. You know, we're talking about, you know, the, the this this tapestry, this web that gets created, multi-generational. I mean, this is really for people. You're taking your life's work and you're going to take us on a journey and teach us how we can do this, how we can heal. Because I think that's what, I think there are a couple of places we come from. One, we come from the place where we don't think we could ever heal. It's like, you know what, Rose, I'm stuck with this. I, I'm stuck with it. But that's not what you're saying, is it? Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what
3: I'm saying. Give it a try. In the book, there are plenty of exercises. There are actionable, there is five actionable milestones, one after another, as then put them on and do the exercises. There is no way you won't change. Um, it's, It's The whole thing is actually told through the story of my family, more as an observer, and not from point of a victim or uh, or statistics or therapy or whatnot because I'm neither of them, but from the po- simple point of the healing energy work. and it's it's um it's it's really one step after another and just I don't know. Give it oh, a try. That's even vague. That's a vague way to say it. That's because I, when I was there, when I found out in the very, very, very beginning, I just remember, okay, I I, I don't think I can handle this anymore. Exactly. There is this, oh, oh it's probably, mm, I don't know, that looks weird, but let me try. And I was, you know what? I was first in the line to pay with my credit card. I don't think I will ever forget. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Look, whether I like it or not, my family is right here. It, it's my core. Now, living affected by the trauma, it felt like sailing on a high seas during a storm. Now, there are, of course, many ways how to deal with the family, with the pain in family, right? And my way I discovered is not to control the seas or try to ride the waves. None of that. My way is to calm the storm, the storm in my head. And when the storm is calm, the seas, the body is calm. And then I am free. And I can look at myself, can look into myself. I can look around. And I can, hey, this is what makes me happy. I can, but my life is wonderful. I can discover the beauty all around me. I can offer this to my children. When my children grow up, they can leave the house and flourish because yeah. they don't have to carry my 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 baggage. Exactly. On, okay. They 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 all they get from me is
1: encouragement, and exactly. you know, uh, bravo and go for it. Exactly. And you know that's why this is so important. I mean, yes, this is a this is a short show. But the bottom line for this is people that really want to get the relief, that want the pathway to freedom, uh, that want to really clear out the cobwebs, uh, uh, let's call it, of, of of family history, they can work with you. Rose, thank you for today. Again, please let folks know how they can work with you. And thank you so much. Uh, they can contact me
3: through my website, familyhealingwithrose.com, and uh, send me an email, set up Uh, we will set up a uh, consultation to you know to explain each other to see if Mm -hmm. we have a fit and then we take it from
1: there on yes i love it thank you rose thank you so much and for those of you out there you know you will be amazed at what happens when you do really get rid of some of those what i call cobwebs there's so many layers of this clearly at the forefront right now you all know when we say the word emotions you know what we're talking about thank you rose thank you so much Thank you, Dr. Pat. And thank, <sighs> thank you, you for all for t- t- yeah. Thank you, your team. They're a great team. I love them. Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. We'll see you next time.
2: Yeah. Have a nice day. Thank you.
3: Bye for
1: now.